weekend at the Tour de France. The 2023 edition just keeps on giving. Thanks for tuning into the Domestiques and as the big bike race settles down for its second rest day, we are going to decipher the events of the past 48 to 72 hours in the French Alps. Hello there, I'm Mike Tomolaris. It's great to have you along and always great to hear the insights from where you're listening. Send us a message and always great to hear the insights of Matilda Reynolds. Uh, Tills, hello to you. Listen, we're no closer to determining who's going to wear this yellow jersey in Paris, and uh, we're only a week away from the finish line. Oh, it's just been, you couldn't have written this. You know, it's an, an amazing script, and I think as, as fans, it is an absolutely dream tour. We weren't sure it could top last year's, but right now it's on track too. And so the weekend was incredible. I'm now here in Brisbane at the uh, Black Sheep Cycling Mothership, and uh, I just couldn't believe, you know, watching yesterday's stage, I watched four hours and wasn't bored. You know, what, what other sport, what other show can you say that? It was just an incredible weekend that I'm looking forward to unpacking. Absolutely. At Hollywood, hello. Hello to you. Listen, I want you to start off by reminding our listener who sponsors the world's finest cycling podcast, please. Uh, Honan. Did I tell you I've got my car insured with Honan? Have I said that before? Have have I told you one of my favourite jerseys is uh, classics from Black Sheep? Have I told you that also? Yeah, yeah. great. Okay, on song. Fantastic. Okay, what's coming up uh, in the domestics today? Ineos are starting to enjoy some success after we uh, uh, shit canned them for a, for a couple of stages. I know, they've bounced back, <laughs> Matilda. I, I was going to ring you, Matilda. You gave them a spray and they've just gone bang, bang. Uh, the tour motorbikes stopped the progress of riders on mountain passes. We'll yes. touch on that. Caleb Ewan, he's gone home in controversial circumstances. And we have more emails and messages to read. Yes, from you the mighty listener. But first up, let's introduce our very special guest all the way from a little village, I'm told, outside Girona in Spain. Now, this bloke, he goes back a long way. Uh, Here's a build-up. He represented Team Sky. He's represented T-Mobile and also the Belgian Lotto team. And at one stage, uh, our very special guest was regarded as one of the fastest sprinters in the world. He's a Kiwi. But we don't mind. We take everybody on this program. And he tells me, get this, get this, Tills, get this, Hollywood. He tells me he's just bought a castle uh, near where he lives. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. I'm curious to find out about this castle. Boys and girls, give it up for Greg Henderson. Woo! Go, Greg. Endo, <laughs> welcome. What about, what about yeah, High Endo. Road? What about High Road and Team Yeah, oh, Yeah, well, well he's, he's been everywhere. He's, he's a journeyman, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, Hendo, welcome to the program. Uh, first of all, Tell us about this castle. Look, you know, um, <laughs> the value of real estate in Spain is slightly different to the real estate price in Melbourne or New Zealand. So I managed to purchase this castle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, um, it's just beautiful out here. I just live just outside of Girona. Um, Girona, when I first lived here 2006, it was like with Lance and George and Levi and 
and Freddie Rodriguez. It was about seven or eight of eight professional cyclists, a couple of Danish that I didn't know. And now, mate, you go into Girona and there has to be at least 200, like not necessarily all professional cyclists, but we're Instagramming, we're influencers, we're... So I'm, I, I got out of Girona quite quick. Mm. Well, I hope this castle's got a drawbridge and, uh, and a moat to keep the riffraff out, like us. Keep, keep the riffraff, exactly. <laughs> well, Greg, look, it's rather timely that we have you on the program, given the drama surrounding Caleb Ewan's sudden withdrawal. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. We'll talk about that later, but let's uh, first catch up with the events of the tour's latest stage. That was stage 15, and it really was a, a big battle to the top or near the top of Mont Blanc, the stage uh, if you're catching up, was taken out by the Belgian rider Walt Pools. Uh, surprisingly, at uh, 35 years of age, it's his first win at the Tour de France. Um, it was a breakaway solo win for the Bahrain victorious rider. But the battle for the yellow jersey, it's, it's just intriguing. It, it was another stunner. Uh, nothing separates uh, Jonas Vingegaard from Tadej Pogacar. And I mean that literally. Uh, despite the Pog's attempts to attack his rival... In the final kilometre of the stage, Vingegaard just stuck to the Pog's back wheel. And the pair, well, we've seen it before. They crossed the line together. Vingegaard, uh, he's like a dog with a bone, just wouldn't let go. He tells he just can't be shaken. Yeah, I think uh, yesterday's stage... Um uh, when we saw Rodriguez get over, it, it was an incredible stage. Obviously, yes, the motorbikes played a, a small role there, but I think, you know, there was some potential questionable tactics that happened outside of that where, you know, Tade slightly lost his head, but I was surprised how well Tade was riding both yesterday and today because he looked like the heat was really getting to him. I don't know if you saw this, but he was ripping off his gloves. He was struggling with water, um, I think. And, and just to be under that type of pressure... In that type of heat, it is difficult to be completely on top of, you know, race tactics. Uh, and so, yeah, it was an incredible day that we saw in the last two days. And to have not seen either of them fully crack or both of them take on that pressure, it was just an unbelievable day for the fans. And um, as you say, we're still in the box seat, unknown, unknown who's going to take this tour. Mm. Greg, what's your take on the heat factor? Because you're there. Uh, my honest opinion it shouldn't be a factor. If you're trying to ride the Tour de France and win it, you know it's going to be 35 plus. So it's your own fault. You cannot all of a sudden put the blame on the heat. Yes, I agree. It it looks like it's it's affecting him. He can go. He goes. Um, Pogacar goes really well one day, and then you could see today like he looked affected by the heat and. There's no one to blame but him. It's not even himself because you think about the coaches, the trainers. Like, I mean, I think I retweeted something from his coach. It's like there, there is a, a huge network that goes into to making a, a Tour de France champion, a stage winner, a, a world champion. If you can't get the heat section of the Tour de France right, I'm sorry. I, I've got no sympathy. I, I love today i love him as a great bike rider but if you tell me that he got affected by the heat and he should be better and he should no 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 hang on a minute it, it just means vingigo got it done better mm. Mm, mm. yeah 
putting it back on Vindigo as like he's just doing it far better. And he, and he, and he is looking much better as this tour goes on, actually. I thought the last two days he, uh, he looked a lot more less frantic, a lot more stable, um, making great decisions. He was outnumbered a lot of times uh, with teammates and, again, didn't panic. And, um, and in the end, both of those sprints made the right decision. So, yeah, how did you see it, Hollywood? Yeah, well, mate, there was more bangs in a red light district yesterday, and um, he yeah, he did he did look calmer. Like I, when Pog went bang those couple of times, I'm like, here we go. But bang, he was bang, there. bang, bang, exactly. Everyone loves a bang, Greg. <laughs> and he uh, he just uh, he stayed there. He just kept staying there. So like, because I'm barracking for Pog, and I was just hoping, come on, drop him. But he was Are cool and calm fan? and just rode across to his wheel. Yeah, I like Pog. Yeah, I think most Aussies are Pog fans. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think I'm, it's... A, I'm a Vingigo because one of right? my best mates, one of my best, oh, actually my old teammates, Tish Benute, and I actually wrote to him and I a message and I said, Tish, can you please teach your kid? You don't have to follow on descent on the wheel. Give it two lengths, give it three <laughs> yeah, lengths. Yes. And then you can pick your line and then don't sprint out of a corner. You, you get slipped, you get slipped for 12 12, 13 bike lengths. You're not going to lose slip on a descent. You'll come back yes. and you can pick your own line. If you're faster through a corner, boom, you make up three bike lengths. Do not sit on the wheel. And and he just wrote back and he goes, Hendy, thank you so much. I sent the same message straight through to him. And it's it's starting to – it's starting to because it's not just when he follows Pog. It's when he follows his teammates too. He's just – He's just hard on the wheel, mate. You don't need to be like that in mm. on a descent, mm. and you're just causing yourself stress. If your if your teammate makes a little error in judgment, you've got to judge adjust to it. And and you saw it like two days ago. Pog mm. slipped in the corner, and then Jonas jams on the brakes. It's like, come yeah. on, man. So it was yeah. quite. So that's why I'm 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 a jumbo. I'm a Visma fan just because Tish Benute was like, he came on as a Neo Pro first year with Lotto with me and he ran fifth in Flanders. It was like, this kid has got some wheels, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's, that's my only reasoning. Not, not that I don't love the two bike riders and they're, most, they're amazing, the two amazing bike riders on the planet right now when it comes to GC riding. It's just my favoritism towards the teammates. Yeah, Hollywood, I was at a function. No, 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 Mike, see, how I barrack for a team is JK number one because they're giant. And then now they're out of the picture. I've got to look. It's really between two, uh, uh, what's it called, UAE and Jumbo. And then I look at their group set. UAE's got Shimano, so then I go for them. So it's all about – it's like a footy team. You sort of just – it's JK1 and they're not there, so it's going to be – it's down to two and I like Shimano better than Spam or Shram. um, (laughs) It's all about the branding for you, all about the branding. It is. It's all Uh, about the brand. I I tell you what. Hollywood, Hollywood, my question is would – would JK be out of the picture if they had a, a decent bike? <laughs> oh, mate, the oh, don't go there, so Andy. Fast, Turn it up, Henry. Don't go there, Andy. <laughs> the propeller's the fastest bike in the peloton. <laughs> Seems to be falling, falling, out, falling out of the top ten, I Listen, think. I, yeah. I was at a function last <laughs> night for my charity, Mental Wheels Foundation, and somebody said the reason why Aussie's like the pog is because he rides like an Aussie. He's got mongrel in him. He's like one of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Mm. That's true, mate. It's and true. Like a Kiwi too. Like just, I'll have a crack. Yeah. I got some mongrel. I'll have a go. Not sometimes not super calculated, and but I could say the same thing about um, Vingigo also. 
like I, I mentioned in a few tweets, it's like, you don't have to follow him as hard as he kicks. It's like, if he kicks to the top of a mountain, 500 to go, you know that effort is a minute, a minute and a half. What's, what's your perfect power profile for a minute? It's not chase him down at all the watts you've got and try and hang on for dear life. Like, just use your brain. But I know, I mean, I don't know, because I'm never in that situation at the top of a mountain. But I can sit here on the couch and watch him and go, mate, follow for 10 seconds, let it drift. If he's gone too early, he's going to blow. He cannot sprint for a minute. No one can sprint for a minute. So it'll come back. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of these things that I keep thinking, okay, surely his teammates or his he's got very, very clever staff, directors, sports scientists, like the whole team like we keep talking about. Just tell him, mate, mate, you don't need to follow that hard. Like, yes, the initial surge you have to because you've got ten seconds, ATP, you know, you've got that. But then learn how long is that effort gonna be? It's gonna be a sixty second effort, right. My perfect profile for 60 seconds is this kind of power. And I think you saw him do that in the last couple of efforts. And especially, uh, what day are you? You're a day ahead of me. So today, early today and yesterday for you, I think you saw him, I think you saw him do that. And I think it made a big difference. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm trying way. to say? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about Greg that he's, um, you know, he sits in front of Tade and therefore he has his head on a swivel. Do you think that, I don't know, I don't mind him sitting in front of Tade waiting for that attack because no, at neither. least he has a one or two metres that he can gain rather than if Tade's in front of him, then he's already he loses those two metres immediately. Would you rather sit in front or behind? It, it doesn't matter. He doesn't, he doesn't have the kick that Tade has. So... No. I would sit always in front because when he kicks, it eliminates two pedal strokes of his kick. Mm. If you sit behind mm. him and he goes, you've lost two pedal strokes. What about but the, that's not... Sorry. What about the tactics from um, UAE? I mean, Adam Yates was heavily involved and there was a moment there near the end when Yates went up the road and uh, Pogacar uh, kind of... He didn't backpedal but didn't sort of... Uh, provide us produce a surge the tactics for me were intriguing for for this morning stage how did you see it oh but that was mate mike come on that was as predictable as bloody me how taking the shit in the I'm morning not, i'm not an ex-pro <laughs> <laughs> that was um you could say but they just did it too late they got to use adam differently they got to send uh, adam early okay. send him early like absolutely let him go up the road and then he's expecting to be able to kick Drop um, Vingigo and right across to Adam, who'll be fresh and right off with the stage win. It's, it's, in my opinion, I mean, of course, I'm not the expert, but I would use Adam way differently. I would send Adam in the early break up there with Walt Van Aert and then get to the second last climb. And then, oh, mate, all you do now is wait for Pog. Let's go. Then you've got massive numbers and they're fresh. I well, just think just... you're doing a look, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm not uh, the expert. Well, well you are an expert. Me. That's why we've got you on here. If you're not an expert, why are you on this podcast? <laughs> no, Listen, I'm an uh, expert I, in the sprints, mate. I can tell yeah, you how uh, the sprints are going. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about Caleb in a minute. I just yeah. want to remind everybody of the GC. Ten seconds uh, separates Vingegaard from Pogacar. Now, Rodriguez, 
from Ineos has moved into third place, but he's five and a half minutes approximately behind. Adam Yates has slotted into position number four. Now, Jai Hindley. I want to get your thoughts on Jai Hindley, Hollywood. He's down to fifth place, more than six and a half minutes behind. Now, Sepp Kuss, the American, uh, has moved into the top ten. Bill Bow is number seven. Simon Yates is eight. And then you've got the best of the French, uh, David Godou and Gilles Martin rounding off the top ten. Jai, Jai Hindley. He's dropped out of the top three. Do you think he'll come back, Hollywood? No, I don't think he'll get back into the top three unless he has a terrific time trialling and some more good days. But at the end of the day, look, he's great, but the other guys are just better. You know, sometimes you just got to know that some people are better. I know that with everyone I ride, they're better than me. And this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening with him. There's just these guys are just better. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about Caleb. And, um, you know, it was... Well, I'm just uh, going to first interject. Oh, go on. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't move on on from that point yet. Uh, Poor old Henley wasn't involved in a crash. His arse almost got ripped off by the tarmac. So I don't think that helped too much. You go, Hendo. He is a phenomenal... And he time trials. He's so slippery. He spent so much time in the tunnel. Like, he is slippery. He'll take a minute at least out of Rodriguez in the time trial and give him a rest day. He's had a hard, like when you crash, I tell you right now, when you crash or you get sick, the two worst enemies of your life in a grand tour, I promise you, if Mm. you can recover and you've got a rest day coming up and you just stay in your bed, you actually don't even go ride. You just stay in your bed. You don't fucking move. Sorry. I swore you don't move. Uh, That's all right. And you, you have a chance of coming back. Um, he's had a crash. He's tried to follow in the mountains. He's had some heart. I, I guarantee tomorrow he'll he'll ride to the coffee shop and have a croissant and come home. He will not be doing this three-hour stuff that you hear about people doing, having to stay on threshold, burn enough sweat, da-da-da. doesn't happen anymore. It's now. It's so hard. You rest. So Jai's not out. Give him a rest day, mate. I, I, I really think he deserves a foot on the podium. Oh, fantastic. There's See, that's hope. why you're on that's here why as you're the expert, on. and I'm on here to talk about which is the prettiest kit. You are so <laughs> positive. Hendy, you are so positive compared to Hollywood in your, the way you think. He's good, mate. He is, he is a class bike rider. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, well, another class rider is uh, Caleb Ewan, and uh, uh, what, what an episode that was. Immediately criticised by his director sportive at Lotto Destiny, Stefan Hulot. You may know him. Uh, Hendy, um, it's understood Caleb wanted wanted to continue, but his headspace wasn't in the right place, which forced his decision. Um, now Caleb's Aussie manager Jason Backer rightly defended uh, his client, the Aussie sprinter, and went on to the attack, calling calling out Hulot for not supporting Caleb. Greg, I want to get your thoughts on all of this. Uh, this is obviously more than just abandoning the tour because. Because the rider, Caleb, couldn't be bothered continuing. It's a mental health issue, the way I see it, and an issue that should be respected rather than be scoffed at. Correct? I'm, I'm not going to put myself out on a limb and go, it's a mental health issue. All, all I know is what I see and what I know of Caleb. Caleb is correctly one of the 
two or three fastest sprinters in the world. So he deserves to be winning. He's getting looked after by the team. That's correct. He's got a great lead on that. Uh, unfortunately, he crashed, hurt his wrist. Yes, we're boys, and I actually rode with the kid in my final years in Lotto. So, and you know, as as a kid, I, I raced with um, Caleb in in the Bay Crits and things like that. I I know he's just incredibly fast. So, and then I'll I'll, I'll pick you up on one more thing. It wasn't his director sportives that were calling him. It was the manager of the team. His director sportif would never say that. The director sportif is in the car. The director sportif has probably done the tour and suffered as badly as he's suffering right now. This is a manager of the whole team with these comments and maybe spoken a little too early before the whole story is known. Like, if I was the director sportif, in the car and I see Caleb suffering like a dog and he's injured or there's no way I'm going to come out with those comments going ah, his mental health isn't good enough he's not strong enough to be in the Tour de France it's like you just got to be careful about what you hear and what you see and what the whole picture is because don't get like just don't forget this guy when he is at top speed there is nobody that can come past him Mm. It's just getting that run at the line, having a clear run, being in the position. Yeah, it's, 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 look, it, either way, it's real shame. And I think Kat, we've seen Caleb over the, almost the last three years have a very challenging Tour de France and not get that potential opportunity in the, the speed that we've seen um, before. But I think it's been, it, you know, we saw how hard he suffered through the mountains to make it, make time cut. And um, as you say, Hendo, he's still the one in the top three best sprinters and hopefully we see that again. No and I imagine he will be moving teams. Do you see him going elsewhere? Where after those sort of comments? Well, I mean, he's got a contract for another year, so I guess does that. I've never been in that situation as an athlete myself, having been bought out of a out of a contract. If, you, if you've got a contract, where do you go? I I, mm. I honestly believe Caleb is that like, the best place for him, Lotto. I just think he needs. Where a would boot. you Where would you put him? I just think he needs a boot up the ass. I really do. He needs really? someone that he respects. Come and jam a foot up his ass and go, mate, this is how good you are. This is the races you should be winning. Let's do it. And he just doesn't have that. He's just got this free range. He's just like, ah, I'm cut. Yeah, I've won this, I've won this, I've won this. I'm living in Monaco. I've got I'm on the boats. I'm da 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 da. It's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be like living the dream in Monaco? And fine, that's fine. Do it, mate. Welcome. Or do you want to be the, one of the best sprinters in the world? It's your choice. Mm. Someone needs to stick a foot up his ass and go, right, make the choice. And I just don't feel that someone with the balls to do it on Lotto. Speaking of sprinters, do you think, just flipping the script for a second, do you think Cav should go around next year to try and get the record? Or do you reckon his time's done, the curtain's drawn? Oh, my heart's one... I know you've worked with him. I know yeah. you've worked with him. I've been teammates with them for six years. You know, my heart says one thing, and then yeah, uh, it's I'm probably the same as everybody. Like yeah. I know he can win one. You know, I uh, but everything has to be perfect. And we well, nearly did it this year, except for the mechanical. Shimano. 
And no, I'm just it was like, a shram <laughs> bolt. Shram bolt. It was a shram bolt. Shram train link. <laughs> but I'm just not sure. I'm, I, I would. Yeah. I we would all want him to so win much. one more. We all want yeah, him to win one more. There's so does. much romance yeah. behind the Cav. Exactly, uh, the romance. I hope he comes back. But, you know, if he doesn't, so what? He's a, he's a legend. Hey, listen, what about the motorbike carrying incident? Uh, the motorbike incident on top of uh, the summit there, stage 14. The camera operator filming for the television coverage got in the way. And as a result, the finger was directly squared at the race organisers for not having enough barriers on the summit to keep those huge crowds at bay. Um, is that fair? Is that fair, do you think, to to point the finger at the organisers? I mean, what could the motor, the, the, the motorbike rider do in a situation like that? I think it was fair. It, it was a really important in terms that they needed barriers at one kilometre. The, mm. the, the, this GC will want, be one with seconds. Yeah. To not have barriers one kilometre on top of a climb with bonus seconds, knowing that it was, you know, it was going to be a GC battle on that stage, that absolutely the finger should be pointed at, um, at the a ASO. And I feel sorry for the photographer and the mobile. Yes, they got in the way and and everything else, but I think I think this the, the blame should be fairly squared at the ASO and, and in doing so the motorbike, the photographer, anyone that was involved in that, they've been kicked out of the tour, so they certainly paid their punishment. But yeah, did you see it differently, Hendo? Do you think it would have changed the result? No. Nah, no. Nah. Well, hang on a minute. I I think he still had opportunities to get that three seconds, but yeah. Is like, what I would say. He absolutely blew the last sprint. Like, what was he thinking? Like, it was just, when you're 150 metres from the, you know how explosive, like, so he blew the last part. But when you attack at five, 450, 500 metres to go from the top, I'm not convinced that was game over, especially that day. And again, you saw today, he went, he tried to go across to his teammates and finger go, covered it comfortably i think we're starting to see a switch and a, and a shift a transition and who's taking control of the tour and that's just that's just me just being a a fan of cycling and having done 15 grand tours i'm thinking the last week we're going to start to see a little bit i hope not i hope i'm wrong but i think we're going to start to see a bit of a bias towards what's happening in the grand tour from now on what do you what exactly do you mean by that? Um, so what I mean is every time Pogacar's gone and attacked, Vingigo has not come close. Not even he's, – he's followed it for – and then it's been a big distance, a big distance, and it's taken forever or not closed it. And the last two or three times that Pog has done his huge explosion that he does, which we know he's so good for, He's ridden back across, and even today, which was I think was just a sign, just to show, hey mate, <laughs> not good enough. Didn't have to beat him. He just rode right around the side of him. Didn't even sprint to the finish. Just went, rode right around the side of him and went. You know what, mate? The tour is changing. Yeah. That's yes. my opinion. Yes. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. Hendo, on something else, um, you know, in a, in Australia, we've had 
you know, Cadell Evans has won the Tour de France. We've had uh, riders on the podium in Richie Port and others and had multiple riders wear the yellow jersey, win multiple stages. Has a Kiwi ever won a stage at the Tour de France? Nope. Okay, oh, wow. Wanted, obviously, I did know that, but it's very difficult for an Australian to live in New Zealand during the rugby season, so I just wanted to get that over over the Kiwis. But who <laughs> we came this close. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and to be fair... It's very fair. difficult, and, and the World Cup is coming up, so I just want to hold that over you for a moment. No, to be fair... Uh, to be fair, the closest was Jack Bauer that one time when mm, unfortunately I, I was screaming for Jack Bauer there, but then I was screaming for Greipel because I lived sprint out for Greipel. It was like, what do you do? You know, you, you're caught like this. I'm leading Greipel mm-hmm. out who wins and Jack Bauer's millimetres from it. And then there's been times where, I mean, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but there's Absolutely. been times when I've been on incredible days where where I've had visual, sorry, not visual, I've had verbal from Greipel stop because I'm going at 200 mm. to go so freaking fast. I'm like, I could win today, you know? Yeah. So it's like, but. Well, we saw that. You were similar. We saw that with Mark Renshaw at times with, with Cav, you know. The, uh, but I, on, in a, on a serious note, I was curious as to who, who do you think can be that first who, who went, takes a stage for, for New Zealand at the Tour de France? Who in this modern era has the best, yeah. op- best chance? It's a really, really good question. For a while there, I thought it was George Bennett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Very sad not to see him at the Tour. It's just... Yeah. No, I doesn't deserve to be there like mm. just not good enough on that team i think he took a massive paycheck and i heard i mean this is just rumors from the cycling world that uae paid him huge money so that he wouldn't work for uae uh, sorry work for jumbo so that's one person less that they have to worry about so it's kind of a compliment wow do you know what i mean like ah fuck, we don't yeah. want sorry we don't want that's him right. We don't want him working against us. Let's buy him, but we won't use him. Wow. I don't. I don't know. It's just what I heard. Mm. You know. T- t- tell me something, Greg. In Australia, we've got or oh, uh, something called black sheep. They make beautiful cycling apparel. Black sheep. But tell me about black spoke. What's black spoke? So that was the origination three years ago of a. New Zealand based cycling team because the owner used to own the um, uh, Auckland Warriors or whatever the frick that Blues, the Blues. Mm-hmm. Murray Bolton. Is that rugby? Is yeah, that that's rugby? a rugby team. Rugby. The super rugby. That's rugby. Real rugby, you know, none of this. <laughs> Stuff yeah, you we don't, Go on, move we don't, on. Australia, Australia don't play it. We just participate. It's a cycling Go program, Andy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, and and it was a development situation and Black Spoke started off three years ago and yeah, they started really small, Division 1, and it was just bring on some guys and one or two experienced guys like um, uh, Aaron Gate and, you know, like just to teach kids because, I mean, Hollywood, you'll know, when, when you see a good Kiwi bike rider, they're mm-hmm. bloody good because there's not mm-hmm. many of us. 
you know, and like we have to be good. You notice them. You notice them. You notice that we we're mongrels, like like you guys <laughs> talk about, and we we're there to win. And so we started this team, or they started this team, and so now I've just realised, and they took the step up now to the the one below. So they're in the same level as Lotto Destiny and Israel Premier Tech and they're just the one below World Tour because you can only have so many yes. World Tour teams. So they took the step up and I thought, yeah, I'd really like to help some of these kids because we've got some real talent. You know, you got, you got guys fourth in the ju- in the junior world time trial, under twenty sorry, under twenty three worlds time trial. Like guys got some look, we've got some wheels and then you know, half of them I shouldn't say half, four or five of them race the Olympics, Olympic gold medalists, Olympic silver medalists. So it's, there's some horsepower there. And then it's now just about developing. And then, and then for the first time this year, Murray came over, Murray Bolton, Bolton Equities Black Spoke, Murray Bolton came over, watched the racing, goes, mate, I love this. And he goes, I want to do one of those big tours. And I was like, so do I what's our chances and i said well it's it's a wild card into maybe the walter and he goes right that's our goal and you know he's one of these really focused guys like wow here's a here's a here's a real crack if we if we field our best team staff everyone and focus for this absolutely we can absolutely we can ride a walter and be prominent on some stages I'm not saying we're going to fight for the GC win, but absolutely, if there's a breakaway or if there's a couple of bunch sprints or there's a TT, we're there. Mm. I, I'm jealous, Hendo, because Australia doesn't really necessarily have uh, something like that. Black Sheep actually sponsor the ARA Skip Capital, which is probably our closest uh, team trying to achieve something like that. Raced a lot uh, with the, him. Who are in the Conti, yeah, yeah. And I actually I saw Black Spoke were over in Audenard, but it's an enormous investment and an enormous to have a full Kiwi squad based in Europe. Um, I think, you know, it, it's a huge challenge. But one team we haven't really spoken about on this podcast that they remind me of is who have done that is Uno X. Uno X. You know, a predominantly mm-hmm. Norway team. And gosh, they've added so much more value to the racing, I feel, than B&B hotels had yeah. who they sort of took their spot. Is that a team that you look at, Hendo, for Black Spoke? Is that sort of the dream of what you're wanting to achieve? Or is that, is it too hard to just, would you, you know, they, they've done incredible to have a team predominantly Norwegian riders. Could you get a team of all Kiwis to such a level? Um, I think you know the answer, and it, it's money, you know, and mm. Uno X is just petroleum, it's just huge yeah. money. Mm. And and you have to think it's Danish and Norwegian, and there's that many. You look at every single guy down the street, it looks like they could get on the bike and pump out 500 watts for five minutes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like every single Norwegian could do that. So I think New Zealand's a little bit sliced differently, but I think there's no question. And and like without going into any details, we are looking at expanding this team. Um, you know, like Murray has absolutely, and he's not afraid to say it. Murray has said, "I don't need my name." on the shirt Murray, Bolton equities is nothing it's just what I am I can bring he'll pay his money bring on a sponsor that 
for a great amount of money. Like it doesn't even, and you can get prime sponsorship on a team. And he's going, I don't, I don't need my name there. I'm not even interested. So it's like, again, it just comes down to money. And then, then again, like your question, can we field an all New Zealand? I think it should be New Zealand Australian team. I think it should be Anzac. Mm. Like I don't think mm. there should be these this awesome riders. I mean, I know Hint Vogels. I know, I mean, I know them all so well. It's like, let's talk and let's do something mm. and have an Anzac team and just smash these oh, Europeans. I love that. We're missing that, like having a, a high-end team, like a pro team we can all get behind. Like obviously there's Jayco, but it has, you know, we lost a majority of our best Australian riders from from that team. So you're a little bit torn, but I, that gets me going. I, I just love that. How yeah. good would it be? Kiwi Aussie yeah. team just mm. smashing them in Europe. Mm. Well, Kiwis bang, bang, and, bang. Uh, Kiwis bang, and Aussies, bang, bang. Kiwis and Aussies <laughs> have ridden together. Uh, in the recent past, uh, as you know, Hendo, you were among a, a group of Aussies as, at, at H, HTC. Anyway, uh, look, look, uh, we've got to wrap it up. Um, we didn't really talk about Ineos, Tills and Hollywood. We'll do that at the next pod. But they have won two stages in a row with Kwiatkowski and uh, Carlos Rodriguez. I just want to uh, pass on some letters. The uh, messages oh, that I've letters. received. Fan mail, Mike. Yeah. Mike gets some any, faxes. Yeah, well, any, any, some faxes. <laughs> well, I'll read this one. Hey, and, uh, Mike does. Mike does. From the, these, like, 70-year-old retiree women. No, no, no. <laughs> well, that's my demographic these days, Hollywood, so uh, have some respect. Uh, Sorry, Michael. Great pod, Tomo, and Tills, and Hollywood. Uh, it's just like listening to a chat with good mates who love cycling uh, and this uh, bloke, Matty Nixon, not sure where he's from, he says, can you get in touch with Adam Hansen? And share the great work he is doing for rider safety, please. This one from I've been doing uh, Wagga a bit of work with him, actually. Tom, you I. do? Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a bit yeah. of work with him now. What sort We're of work? Quickly. How, just sprint. How, how we can clean up the sprints and make them straighter. So mm. bringing in possibly a little bit of the, the track discipline and the pole line and the, the Coke de Jure, all that sort of thing. So I've been working a little bit with Adam just recently. Ah. That's good to know. We might try and get him on the program. Steve Boyd from Wagga Wagga says, you guys spoke at length about the preference of a stage win or finishing fifth at the Tour de France on the GC, but did not put forward the effect on UCI team ranking and potential for team relegation. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, well, I'll put it to Hendo first, the, que- the original question. Hendo, would you rather a um, Tour de France stage win or to ca- or come in the top, say, you come fifth, sixth or seventh in the Tour de France GC? Stage win. Yeah, that's what we said, exactly what we said. 100%. Tomo, it's yep. a good point, this, uh, um, sorry, was it Stuart, um, who, who, yep. who brings up, it, because actually the points have changed enormously at GC. So we saw um, some team, that it recently changed for the Juro, and we saw some teams absolutely go from almost being relegated to, um, you know, they were chasing stage wins, and, and so you get more points now for some of these more grand tour stages. But I think... Uh, 
from a writer's perspective, they're not thinking about that. That that's on the the no DSs way. and the you know mm. that they're not thinking. Oh, I need to get second here because that'll give me a lot more uh, points, etc. So it's a great point around the relegation, but um, yeah. Mm. Mike, I've had multiple fan mail too, but it's all quite short. Put some clothes on. <laughs> that's what they say to me. <laughs> Put some clothes on. That's what they've been saying to me. Put clothes um, on. <laughs> Mike, before we let Hendo go, I just have one final question, just because we neither of us can answer it um, because we haven't been in the Tour de France but one thing that did get uh, sort of I sound like a boomer but my goat going on the weekend was uh, some of the fans I just really struggled with like who the fuck thinks it's a good idea of like hey today I'm gonna pack a flare in my bag carry it all the way up the hill and let it go just as the GC riders come through um, we saw some drunk fans running alongside the riders uh, and then of course we saw the accident caused uh, today um, it, when a fan was trying to take a selfie and hit Sep Kuss in the face uh, with a phone causing a mass crash. Hendo what is it like in the Alps and the fans and you know because I, I, I think we miss a lot of it actually because the cameras aren't on the Gruppetto either we see you know and that's just because you're a sprinter but what is your thoughts on the fans and should there be greater fines or what do we do about this so what you'll also miss is how many phones cameras i've collected in the last 20 k's of a bunch sprint like shoulder kid like of course i don't catch them on the on the mountains and i'm not a big influence in gc but 20 k's to go i mean i've seen the most ridiculous ridiculous things like i've collect i mean i remember laughing with maddie goss he goes got four cameras today you know like literally they hit us mm. and then bang bang and i've seen this i've seen this this is i've seen two things is i shit you not a lady standing out there with her pram with her kid watching the tour seeing us barreling down inside 10 k's to go because ba- remember barriers don't start till late yeah. so they're looking yeah. at us and we we're 10k to go we're doing 70k an hour 60k an hour by an hour like we need the front she's out there with her, her pram and she sees us coming she freaks out and she runs leaves the pram there it's like <laughs> I, i'm not shitting you not shitting you and oh, we wow. dodged this oh. pram the kid is still in this pram and the other thing was this lady wanted to get a footstep, you know, like these little steps yeah, that she could yep, get up yep. above. And we come again, barreling down at 70Ks an hour because we are fighting for position. And and my goal for my team, my director team, we stay on one side of the road. We do not leave this side of the road. If you stay on one side of the road, you can't get swamped both sides. You can yeah, only get yep. passed on one side. And that was just our golden rule. So we're on whatever side of the road. Here's this footstep of all these, <laughs> they see us coming at a million miles an hour. Here's this ladder sticking in the, like, it seems like the middle of the road. She just gets down off her ladder and forgets to take her ladder. So we like, of course, <laughs> massive crash behind. Like, you, uh... you, you don't see, you, you don't get to see half the shit that goes on that we have to yeah. dodge. Yeah, and how many thought. cameras we collect and how yeah, many how thought. many phones we collect like how many bruises on our shoulders in the sprint yeah. finals that we have our helmets dents in our helmets i'm not shooting you our helmets no that's that's broken we have to go a new helmet 
It's mad. It's yeah. mad. And then yeah, not much thought goes see, into the uh, not much thought goes into the crowds and uh, where they stand and they get, they've got no idea. They're, they're just there. It's panic. Uh, it's panic, well, mate. Yes. That's panic. Yep. We come so fast. We come and, and we're traveling so fast. It's just panic. Pure mm. panic. Hey, mm. uh, Greg Anderson. It's been a delight having you on, and thanks so much thanks for, for your insight me. and your honesty Pleasure. regarding the topics that we covered today. Um, enjoy that castle. Are you going to wear a crown and uh, wear, a, wear a coat and all that sort of thing, like big of the, the king of the castle sort of thing? Or just, uh, just, I'll just get just... Some, uh, some alligators from Australia to put in the moat or something. <laughs> we don't have alligators. <laughs> we have crocodiles. Crocodiles, crocodiles. crocodiles. <laughs> Thanks, Tills. Yeah. Thanks, Hollywood. Talk soon. The Domestics by Black Sheep Sideman.